G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. But look, we'll just say, I haven't decided yet. Stop, aggr- stop aggressively coming for me, Kate. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Hi, Dominic. How are you today? I'm fabulous with a capital, capital F. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. I love anything with a capital F. <laughs> How are you? I'm really well. I've got my wine. Um, ginormous <laughs> glass, because you can't spell Monday without Puna Grigio. <laughs> Delightful. Merlot, Monday, same thing. <laughs> same thing, same thing. <laughs> I bought a new office chair and I've got a light and look, I still look like I'm in a dungeon, but maybe I am. Who's to say? <laughs> What's wrong with a bit of dungeon play? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm here today, Dominic. I'm going to share a little bit about aliens again. Is that Okay. Uh, I'm 100% here for this. I Yay. love this topic uh, very much so. So well, please scare this shit out of me. Well, I'm going to try because last time I felt like I could have stepped it up a little. So I'm trying that out. We'll see. But I like this story. Regardless of people's belief, whether you believe in aliens, whether you do not, I really enjoy this story. So the last episode, if you've listened to that, you will know I was discussing the Allagash abductions. So I'm going to go into some detail about that today. If you haven't listened to the first episode, you should, because <laughs> it's a good one too. Okay. You just said a whole lot of things right there that just triggered me. You're like, <laughs> you're going to step it up. So I'm like, Kate, you're going to step your pusswatcher up. Correct. And then you said Allagash. And then I'm like, okay, there's a lot of vulva vagina stuff going on right here. That's really what I was going for, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shout out to any of my students listening. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's fine. I was on the same, uh, yeah, the same uh, thought train. Oh, gosh. Excellent. Good start. Let's do it. Is that the sound trains make? Yeah. Okay, it is now. (laughs) It is today. It's not the sound that vaginas make, so. (laughs) You hope not. If you're toot-tooting, go to the dock. Alrighty, so aliens, part two, number two, abduction two, whatever you want to call it. Last time, I know, Dom, you were absolutely devastated because I didn't talk about phobias, and that's usually my jam. I'm a phobia gal. I've got all of them, so I like to talk about them. (laughs) (laughs) I've collected the set. (laughs) I have. I really do. I've got them in a cute little, like, display case. It's really fun. I did not talk about phobias and when I was researching uh, phobia of aliens, I I have actually spoken about this phobia before. You may remember the term astrophobia, which I I spoke about in our space episode. So there is not a specific phobia uh, related to aliens specifically, like specifically toward that that topic. But astrophobia is a severe or irrational fear of stars and space. But it is strongly connected to a fear of aliens. Yeah, well, aliens are in space, so it makes total sense. Correct. So that's what we're looking at again today is astrophobia uh, and more specifically the alien kind. Mm. Uh, Which brings me to the Allagash abductions. 
this is <laughs> this is a great story of four men uh, who went on a trip. And you may recall my friend Raymond E. Fowler. He is an author mm-hmm. uh, and he specializes in investigating these claims of abduction. So we'll get to him in a little bit. But four men, we've got Jack Weiner, Jim Weiner, who are brothers, Chuck Rack and Charlie Foltz. They say that they experienced a terrifying encounter with aliens whilst they were camping in the Maine wilderness. It's taken the men years to go public, or it took them years to go public, each of them was polygraphed and hypnotized, and their stories hold up. Oh. So, for years, Jack Weiner was disturbed by recurring nightmares. He didn't tell anybody about these except for his wife, Mary. Jack said, I was starting to have nightmares, really terrible nightmares that I couldn't explain. I found myself in a very brightly lit room. I had no idea where I was or why I was there. To my left, I could see my, my brother, Jim. I could see Chuck Rack and Charlie Fultz sitting on some type of bench and they were all naked. I was wondering why they weren't helping me because I felt like I was in danger. And while I'm trying to figure this out, I notice a dark shadowy type figure emerge from the light, this bright light in front of me. I would wake up, I'd be sweating, breathing heavily and just in a complete state of terror and shock. Then... <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a dream. If that's not enough, like Chuck, Charlie, Jim and Jack and, you know, the, yeah. the, the four stooges and butt naked. But you're even reminding me of your night terror stuff here too, mm. Kate, right? Mm-hmm. Like this paralyzed something really vivid's happening yeah. and you can't do anything about it. So... You, you're hitting on a couple of things for me yeah, right now. That's it. Yeah, it's a bit of a it, it's a bit of a combo because it mm. does come around to that where you just you have a feeling like a real, and you don't know if you're awake or asleep or if it's real or if it's fake or yeah the mm. the beauty of the subconscious. Uh, so that's uh, Jim's um, sorry Jack's uh, story. That's his dream in mm. 1988. Great year. I was born. Huh. Jack's twin brother Jim confessed that he too was haunted by exactly the same nightmare. He said that there were always certain elements of the dream that were the same, same type of creature, being helpless, being violated and feeling up, feeling like I was terrified when I woke mm. up. In every dream, the twins were with Charlie Foltz and Chuck Rack, two friends that they met in school. And they wondered if these nightmares could be connected to a camping trip that they had taken 12 years earlier in Maine. So, in August 1976, the four men had spent two weeks in Maine's Allagash Wilderness. The Allagash covers thousands of acres in the northernmost part of the state. Mm-hmm. On their second night out, Jim noticed a bright object in the sky. He said, it was just floating above the treetops. It didn't seem to be moving in any direction. And I looked at it through the binoculars for maybe 15 to 30 seconds, and it suddenly just winked out from the outside edges inward, meaning it literally sort of like like blinked kind mm-hmm. of and then it was gone and there was something about this thing that left me with a really odd feeling that wasn't quite right but I didn't really dwell on it so that's the first sort of sighting that's on the second night out Jim has seen this thing looks at it through the binoculars. it disappears he's like that was weird okay whatever the men then continue through the Allagash wilderness on the fourth day they decide to try some night fishing because what could ever go wrong if you go night fishing, can I just say, Dom, if you ever, <laughs> if you ever want to do an activity with me, <laughs> sure. can we just cross night fishing off the list? Cause yeah. I've got no, <laughs> I have like less than no interest in doing night fishing. 
I can just imagine you and I being drunk off our tits, trying to hook a worm or not knowing which end is what. Oh We're probably going God. fishing in like a drain pipe or oh, something. We'd just be terrified of everything there. It's just none of that sounds fun to me. But these four guys decide, let's do it. Let's go night fishing. So before they go, they build a huge bonfire so that they know where the campsite is. So like, smart. perfect. Yeah, smart. I think that was smart. So they build a big old bonfire. They got lots of wood there. It's burning for a while, so they're good. Once they were out on the water, Chuck Rack realized that they weren't alone. So he felt like there was someone staring at him from behind. He Ooh. said that, I know, especially at nighttime on the lake, like gross. Uh, he said, I turned over my right shoulder like, like that. And I saw this large round globe of light that looked exactly like what we had seen two nights previously. So it's kind of a couple of days later, they're out canoeing, night fishing, whatever these guys want to do whatever boys do um jim weiner said it had this rolling effect to it like a miniature sun it was really really bright it lit up the treetops like daylight and it was absolutely silent after looking at it for what seemed like several moments we decided to signal this thing that's when charlie picked up the flashlight and squeezed off a message sos oh okay charlie knowing your little morse code flashy Thing. Yeah, how cute. I don't know what that... I need to practice that. <laughs> I mean, I imagine my Apple Watch would just do it for me automatically, so whatever. <laughs> Plus, I never leave, like, a 30-kilometre radius from my home, so I think I'm safe. <laughs> I don't really need an SOS. Now, after they have signalled an SOS to this strange sunlight, silent ball of light, mm. the response was instantaneous. Charlie Foltz explained... When the light started coming toward us, my curiosity was satisfied. I just dropped the flashlight. The only thought in my mind then was to get to shore, and I never looked back. All the men started paddling back to shore. Jack Weiner recalled, I remember looking over my shoulder, trying to keep an eye on this object as it was coming up behind us. It was getting very close. It was almost on top of us at this point. And I remember this thing is going to outrun us. We are not going to get back to shore. Ooh. <laughs> Their next memory was being back on shore. So they're paddle, paddle, paddle. Then all of a sudden, boom, they're back on shore and they are just staring up at this bright object. Mm -hmm. Jim said, I remember thinking I could pick up a stone and bounce it off this thing's side. That's how close it was. And then all of a sudden it just streaked away very, very fast. And within a few seconds, it was like a star, just like another light in the sky. God, this is so specific. Yeah. I really, really enjoy this story because there's the the uh, accounts of all four of them. It mm. does it does include a lot of detail. Now, tr- uh, Chuck Rack added, I remember stepping out of the canoe and going up to the campsite. And I remember there was no panic. Everybody seemed really relaxed. All of the four men agreed that they were out on the lake for less than 20 minutes. So they've gone out, tried some night fishing, seen this thing, had this mm. moment. They're back on on the shore mm-hmm. and they're back at their campsite. The only thing was the only part of the bonfire that remained were coals. The bonfire had completely burned out okay. and they put heaps of wood on this thing. It was a big old bonfire and they thought they were gone for maybe 20 minutes. And when they got back, they were a bit confused because it's indicating that a longer passage of time has passed, that their bonfire is, is gone. Yeah. Jack Weiner recalls, the unusual thing is we didn't stay up for hours to discuss this thing, which is what you'd think, you know, four young guys on a camping trip would do. 
We just seemed really tired and wanted to go to bed. The next morning, we got up, got our camp together and paddled on to the next campsite. The men spent another 10 days in the Allagash wilderness, but never again saw the bizarre light. So they've seen this thing, had this moment. They're all in agreement. We didn't stay up. We didn't talk about it. We thought we were only out there for like a short period of time. We've come back. Bonfire's gone. It's all a bit weird. We all felt very tired. Let's pack up our things and we'll just, we'll just canoe on to the next campsite. Yeah, it's very sedate and yeah. um, spacey, pardon the yeah. pun. <laughs> I like it. It is spacey. Now, as the years went by, these four guys told their friends and their family about the UFO sighting, but nobody really believed, believed them at all. The men sort of stopped believing it themselves, to be honest. All of them were, yeah, we're, we've told this story. This is what happened. But they kind of started to question it a little bit because they're like, look, no one believes us, whatever. But then, 12 years later, the nightmares begin for Jim and Jack. Mm. Finally, Jim contacts UFO researcher Ray Fowler. So Raymond E. Fowler, who I mentioned at the beginning, he is our UFO researcher. He has written heaps of books about alien abductions Mm -hmm. and about UFO sightings and and everything like that. So he specializes in this sort of stuff. So they contacted him. Now Fowler suggested that the Allagash 4 undergo hypnosis with a trained hypnotherapist to recover details of the sighting. Under hypnosis, each of the men experienced terrifying repressed memories of being abducted. And every single story was almost exactly alike. Mm. Independent of one another, each of them drew illustrations of their incredible recollections. All four of them said that they were taken aboard the craft. The aliens forced them to strip naked and seemed to be conducting medical examinations. The aliens took samples of the men's skin and body fluids, their blood, urine, and semen. The Holy Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) You know you had a good date when you ticked all three. (laughs) Now, what follows are excerpts of the actual session. So these are the, uh, yeah, the hypnotherapy, the the hypnotizing sessions. Hypnotherapy, yeah. Hypnotherapy, great, Yeah. yeah. So these are some excerpts from from these sessions. So this is Jim Weiner. (laughs) I was about to try and do an accent. I don't know why. (laughs) If you feel up to it, I'm here for an accent. But it would have been really poor. I don't know why I thought that. But basically, Jim says, they're, they're, they, I just, I don't know what to do. I think they're going to come after me. I mean, I feel like I want to go after them. I, I feel like I want to. The first one that comes near me, I'm going to throttle him. I don't like these things. I don't care where they come from. They shouldn't be doing this to people. So that's Jim. He's, that's what he's saying. Imagine being in a room and someone's just saying that stuff under but, hypnotherapy. Yeah, I don't know a, a hell of a lot about hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just the way that you read that or from the transcript of it, it's it seems very, yeah, not manic, but... Um, you know, it's speaking from your subconscious or whatever, or like you're not making yeah. complete sense. Or it's That's not right. totally nonsensical, but it's yeah. it's panicky from Agreed. what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is my biggest thing about these these episodes, the alien eps. You don't have to fully believe. You also don't have to fully refute. You just have to decide for yourself mm. is it possible? 
Yeah. Is it 100% no? Is it 100% yes? I just really like the little seed of doubt. Mm. It could be possible. We don't know. We don't know for sure. So it's tricky to say. That's, I mean, that's my opinion anyway. I also really like, you know, fun things. So just like, it's fun. Maybe there are other things out there. Who knows? I like that. I've got butt sweats and that means I'm cooked. (laughs) Excellent. Good to know. I'll I'll make a note of that next time. Please. I hope Dom's butt sweating today. I've done good. So another recollection from these hypnotherapy sessions is Jack. So Jim's brother. They're right there. Their face is right there. I don't know why. I don't, I just don't know. I don't know what they want. They're saying things in my head. They're saying things. Don't be afraid. They say, do what we say. Just do what we say. So yeah. he's recounting that they're saying stuff. He's, you know, talking to him, but it just inside his head. They're not actually speaking to him, which yeah. Woo. Cool. Good job. Good job, Jack. <laughs> Charlie Foltz. It's like a doctor's office. I get that. It's cold like a doctor's office. It's really cold. They put a paddle over your chest. They scrape your arms and and they're scraping my chest and they're scraping my legs and and my thighs. We shouldn't be here. I just, I just keep thinking I want to go back to the canoe. Uh, So this is, keep in mind, this is 12 years later. So they didn't contact Ray Fowler until 12 years after when Jim and Jack started having the same dream. So I don't know. I kind of, the fact that it's, a lot of time afterwards as well. It, I just find it more tricky to, to make it up. I mm. like, mm, I like it. So it wasn't till after the hypnosis sessions that the Allagash four discovered that each of them had recalled the same horrifying events. They then each took a polygraph test and every single one of them passed. So they've had their hypnotherapy sessions. Mm. They were all independent. They independently drew pictures of what this place looked like and they all looked the same. Then they went and had lie detector tests and they all passed. Yeah, I'd be so curious to know if, like, they all went off and lived different lives and, you know, imagine if they were all living in different cities and hadn't talked to each other for years and yeah, for them to be in separate places and then all getting the same dream or nightmare at the same time Mm -hmm. is a pretty powerful, you know, coincidence. Yeah. Agreed. Now, because apparently they're skeptics, I'll put their opinion in. Uh, Now, (laughs) now for skeptics, stories of alien abduction do not stand up to scrutiny. Some suggest, including clinical psychologist, whatever that is, Dr. William Cohn, that images from popular culture or horror movies may have triggered inspiration from memories about alien abduction. This movement, I'm definitely doing an accent for this one. This movement is media driven. It's cyclical. I assume he's Australian. People hear about good cases on TV. They think that they may have the same thing happen to them. It sort of feeds upon itself. That's an annoying accent. Sorry, everyone. Um, but that's how I imagine he sounds. <laughs> it sounds like he needs to rip a few cones into him. <laughs> Just chill out a bit, babe. Come on, Dr. Cone. Uh, he also says the investigators have a very clear cut agenda about what they're looking for. So if you get somebody that's doing UFO abduction research, someone like Ray Fowler, this is a person that has already decided that UFO abductions are real and that thousands of people are having them. So they have a symptoms list and Mm -hmm. you just come to the door with those symptoms, then you must've been abducted. Yeah. So that's Mr. Cone. So look, 
I don't disagree with that. But I also really like the idea that these people have independently come to Ray Fowler and said, we've had the same creepy dreams, help us out. And then Mm. there was lots of tests put in place. So I kind of like that. Then you have someone like Dr. John Mack, who's a psychiatrist and author. And he says, usually these are people who have no interest in abductions. They haven't read about it. They're unfamiliar with the beings and they're shocked and astounded when they hear that someone else has had these experiences as well, or that there is even material in the media about it. Uh, The person comes to me because they've heard that I'm open to listen to what other therapists or mental health professionals have not been able to listen to. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of, you know, other side of the coin where, you know, I'm open to listen to people if they want to talk about it. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's not necessarily just about the media. It's usually people that have never really experienced it before or don't really know about it. So there's always two sides to every story. Yeah, and I think like there's a big difference between the first fella in last week's episode that she talked about who was obsessed with UFOs, obsessed yeah. with aliens, obsessed with Star Wars, was potentially on LSD, was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can appreciate someone that lives in that space and is bombarded with that sort of content regularly. Yeah talking about it and it, it, it dredging up some things and it influencing them and what they say Definitely. and their behavior. That's a big, that's a far cry difference between these four guys that are just out night fishing and, yeah, you know. Agreed. Totally yeah. agree. Now, since those, uh, the tests, you know, the, the allegations, the allegash allegations, <laughs> thank you. I liked that one. Now the four men, they have never, they had never backed down at the time of this article, uh, which by the way, is from the unsolved mysteries website. I don't know if you remember that program. It was like Uh, a telly show. Yeah. Obsessed Kate (laughs) have watched every episode at least 30 times in my life. Now I went and like, yeah, watched a couple of episodes. What a thrill. If you haven't watched unsolved mysteries in a while, guys, they're all on YouTube. Go and do yourself an absolute favor. Um, season seven is yeah. covers this story, part of, part of this story. So you should definitely check that out. You can, you can jujul it. Now, the four men at the time of this article were saying that they they had ne- they never backed down. Uh, they said, this happened. If you believe it, that's all right. If you don't believe it, I don't care. I don't care because it did happen. Mm-hmm. That's what Jack said. Now, to throw a little spanner in our works. So that was, you know, 1988-ish, 1989. Um, in 2016, Chuck Rack, classic mm-hmm. Chuck, He claimed that the abduction part was made up. It also came out that the men were allegedly high on psychedelics the night of the abduction. So I wanted to investigate this more. Is Mm -hmm. this true? Is Is Chuck telling the truth? Were they on psychedelics? What's the go? So where do I usually go to get my news about incidents that happened in the state of Maine? That is the fiddlehead focus. (laughs) (laughs) It is a news outlet in Madawaska, Maine. And it's an absolute treat. There is, (laughs) when you um, 
get past reading the articles for what is is relevant to your life. You can also go to the, the county candidates, which if you scroll down the page, you can browse the county candidates and you can read articles such as trees in transition. Summer is fast becoming a memory as the trees along the Riverside South Trail in Fort Kent are quickly losing their leaves. Oh. Then once you've read that, you can obviously go to the wind damage article, which is the iconic sign at the Gateway Motel toppled over on Thursday night due to high winds. <laughs> so you can read about that. Also, then following is the after effects of wind. Great article <laughs> so that you can know what happens after wind comes along. And finally, don't forget the article to prepare your pumpkins. I assume that this was around the time of... <laughs> of Halloween so you can go to the county candidates and read about how to prepare your pumpkins uh, all available on the fiddlehead focus oh my goodness <laughs> what an education we are getting oh, I digress there was also an article on the fiddlehead focus I just like saying fiddlehead uh, which was titled subject of the 1976 UFO incident casts doubt on Allagash abductions by Jessica Potilla mm. so this is September 10th 2016 now, Chuck Rack said that during an August 31st interview that he and other members of the group had used recreational drugs on the night of the alleged abduction. I remember Jack bought some Afghan temple ball with him to share with the rest of us, he said. Yeah, we were definitely stoned and we went on on a lake just before we got that sighting. Dom, do you know what is Afghan temple ball? Look, I'm, <laughs> I know why you've asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm just, you're the only other person here. That, that's the only reason why. <laughs> I haven't come across it in my travels, um, mm -hmm. but I am familiar with losing sense of time, space, and, and so on. So, okay. look, I think, it, it, it don't, I, I don't know this particular drug that they're talking about. It could, I don't know if they're talking about pot, if they're talking about actual acid. And, I mean, this yep. is in the 70s as well, so we do have to understand what, we are familiar with today is not what was available and uh, used back then so so true who knows excellent well i mean i looked it up and it's hash okay well, there, there we go. go so it's um yeah afghani temple balls cbd afghani hashish it's soft and aromatic okay and it's only 24 at 90 euros on greendream.shop there you go. So if you're curious. Great sponsor. There we go. Thanks, Green Dream. Hashtag sponsors. Uh, there. I just don't want to leave our listeners going, what is Afghan Temple Ball? Now we know. So Chuck's saying we were definitely stoned when we went on the lake just before the sighting. Charlie Foltz denies any drug use among the Allagash Four during this outing. Foltz described Rack as a man with a violent temper who had been banned from some UFO conventions. So this is 2016. We're many years after they've all agreed we got abducted. They're going to UFO conventions, which I would love to go to a UFO convention. Yeah. And Chuck had been banned from these because he was he was getting really cross and he had a violent temper. And Charlie said that we definitely still cl steer clear of him because the guy is a loose cannon and he's a mental disaster area. <laughs> it's the same description my last boyfriend gave me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim... Jim Weiner also dismisses Rack's new claims. 
I personally believe that Mr. Rax, I really actually, I enjoy this sentence. I don't know why I, I stopped you. Sorry, everyone. I'll start again. I personally believe that Mr. Rax's self-aggrandizing rationalizations and disparaging accusations are simply the rantings of an angry and resentful individual on whom his former friends have turned their backs. He wrote that in a September 5 email. That is a strongly worded sentence. Wasn't it just? There's a lot of big words. I had to practice that a couple of times before we recorded this, but Jim was not happy. So they've turned their back on Chuck because Mm. he has started to get really angry. He's started to get, you know, cross at these conventions. That's no good. Yeah, and claims that it's all a hoax. So Yeah, he's like, we're all high on hash, whatever. Now, in this article, so Jessica uh, Patilla reached out to Raymond Fowler, so our author, Uh, And he initially agreed to be interviewed for this 2016 story, but then he later sent an email saying he wasn't going to take part of it, uh, part in it, if Chuck Rack did. So he didn't like Chuck either. He's like, I don't want to be in your article if it's about Chuck, because I believe and he doesn't believe and we don't want to borrow it. Fowler wrote, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I just find that a bit, again, you know how I like to... If if you got if you're a scientist you want to you want to follow every lead you want to disprove or prove every every single part of it yeah I'm so curious to know why Dr Fowler if I was Dr Fowler I would want to go out of my way to actually disprove whatever Chuck was saying and be mm-hmm. like hold on buddy calm calm your phone what why what changed you know yeah for sure and Fowler wrote on August uh, 29th that. Chuck, Chuck Rack did not have a very detailed recall of the abduction under hip, hypnosis. Uh, he is the type of person who needs to be in control and he was not happy not being able to have a detailed recall of the abduction. Mm. And several years after the investigation, he claimed that no one was abducted. So that's Dr. Fowler's reasoning is he believes Chuck needs to be in full control and because he didn't have the best recollection or he didn't, you know, he wasn't able to control his narrative or the part yeah. of his story, he just decided, well, then it didn't happen for anyone. So I'm annoyed because I'm not in control. So you're all stuffed. It's nothing happened to anybody. Yeah, so I well, feel like that's, yeah. I think that, you know, Fowler's like, well, don't do that. I really take my job seriously and I believe in UFOs and abductions. So just because you're having a little tanty and throwing your toys out the cot doesn't mean it didn't happen for everyone. So I can imagine Dr. Fowler is probably looking at it as well from a point of like, how am I going to make my dollar dollar bills, y'all, if I <laughs> nobody believes in UFOs? So Chuck's ruining my jam. Cut it out. Yep. Jack, Charlie, and uh, Dr. Fowler all believed that um, Chuck Rack's behavior was becoming increasingly pathological. Mm-hmm. So they completely agreed with Jim Weiner's statement regarding Rack's behavior, saying he was getting uncontrolled, uh, uncontrollable and, yeah, he was not very nice, not very pleasant. Now, Rack did not dispute Weiner's description of the events following the alleged abduction and claims that it freed him to finally share the truth about that evening. So, you know, Jack and Jim and Charlie kicked Chuck out because he was being a dumb head. So Rack was like, <laughs> fair enough. I won't dispute that, that uh, you know, I, I was cross afterwards. I don't dispute that I was cross afterwards. Yeah. But he felt like, cool, this has given me now freedom. So you've kicked me out. Great. So he's lost his mates. And he said, when I was kicked out of the group, I felt a release. I was at liberty to tell the truth. I don't have a sterling character to preserve. So mm. he's got a bit cross. Now, Fultz and the uh, Weiner brothers stand by the abduction story. 
Jack, Charlie and I, after all these years, are still in agreement with the Eagle Lake event as we three remember it. We also accept the results of hypnotic regression sessions and subsequent polygraph tests as supportive of an abduction scenario. Jim Weiner. That was what he wrote. Now, Charlie Foltz said uh, that, you know, the reasoning for why those living on other planets might want to visit Earth and abduct humans is because we are the apex or the top of the food chain as far as we think of intelligent life on our planet. We go out into the wilds of Africa, we dart animals, we study them, and we do that so that we can learn more about them and how we impact their world and what their purpose is in the world. I would presume that extraterrestrial life have similar interests. Now, Chuck Rack said he does not dispute alien abductions are possible. He said, I am completely open-minded about it. I just don't think it happened in our case. Yeah, that's some pretty inconsistent stuff. And, you know, I'm on no one's side here, but um, I definitely really appreciate that description or, you know, analogy of why would extraterrestrials come down to Earth and and study us. I think that's probably the best version I've ever heard of a a reason why, like an unbiased reason why. So, yeah. Agreed. I think that that was out of the stories I was looking at, that is my favorite one. Because even at the end, regardless of, you know, when you look on the Unsolved Mysteries site, for example, and you read through the article, which I did for you today, so I saved you that time. Thank you. But it does have at the end where people comment, hey, Chuck Rack said it was, a, it was fake. They're all high on drugs. But then if you go and look at that and you do read that article... Chuck's saying, you know, yeah, I was cross. I, you know, wanted to try and make some money. I wanted to try and do some stuff. But I still think it might happen. Mm. And that I love. I love having that bit of ambiguity at the end. It's it's possible. There could be life out there. Yeah. Who knows? So that is my story of the Alagash abductions, Dominic. Alagash, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, naturally, I'm looking up alien things. And I found a really great um, meme Mm. and it said, well, it wasn't really a meme. It's just like one of those things that like people put on Twitter and then screenshot it. Yeah. So maybe a tweet. A (laughs) meme. A meme tweety. This is what someone put. And I want to pose this as a, it's, I'll have a question for you after this. Okay. This person has said, I think the scariest alien scenario would be if they came to earth didn't talk to a single human, communicated with something in the ocean for a few days, and then left. (laughs) I would not be okay with any part of that. I don't like night fishing, nor do I like anything in the ocean slash waters. I'm not into it. Speaking on our behalf. So could you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to pose that question to you, Dominic. What would be the most frightening potential have a think about some of you know even films and things you've seen because we haven't done much i haven't done much pop culture this episode so that's why i wanted to leave this to the end have a bit of a discussion have a bit of a discussion well yes you definitely need to give us a movie of the week so we can share it with our listeners for sure i've got one in the barrel i think the the sort of like doom and gloom violent sort of attacky stuff never really sc- that's not scary to me obviously mm-hmm. that would be horrible and mm. rah rah but I think that 
the things that have always sort of frightened me the most about this is the uh, the unexplained, the or the uh, if they were to like take over our bodies or be among us and we don't know that they're among us type mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Um, like body snatchers. Sign yeah. me up to any sort of that's that that uh, approach. Yeah. Uh, that freaks me out. And I know you talked about Village of the Damned, not Village mm-hmm. of the Damned, um, yeah, last week, and not the week before. I think it's more the subtlety of it. That's what that's what gets me going. Yeah. Um, it's not big and bright and colourful and something that's really dramatic. Like if Independence Day happened, I would mm-hmm. be like, do you know what? This is a great way to go out. Like Totally. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's Will Smith this shit and just go for it. Yeah, and I think that's why, as you know, Kate, and we haven't really discussed it with our listeners, that's why the Alien series of movies, um, is it's my favourite because it's done in such a subtly type way. They are, uh, It's not some big attack on Earth. They're mm-hmm. this hidden thing that are just in the background. Um, it's, it's subtle what, yeah. what they do. It's still very violent, but it's... Um, yeah, of course. They're, they're kind of like uh, uh, unseen evil really gets mm-hmm. me going. So that's yeah. what I would I would classify as my, no, can't, can't handle. I think, yeah, I definitely the unknown side. So that idea that an alien would just come like a spaceship and we knew they were here, but they were like, yeah, no, I'm not taking meetings. Thank you. And then disappear into the ocean and then come back out. And they're like, thanks for your time. Have a nice weekend and jet off back into whatever solar system they're from. <laughs> I'm not into that because I don't like half of the shit that's in the ocean. So don't, don't go messing with them. Don't give them brainwaves. Don't give them the uh, as extra arms. Don't give them the power of thought and communication. I don't want that. So please leave it. Please leave them alone. Uh, my film has got to be uh, Mars Attacks. That's my recommendation. So I saw Mars Attacks when I was little and it scared the shit out of me. Like I was not okay after seeing Mars Attacks. Now, if you've not seen Mars Attacks, we will post about it because we love our little pop culture movie Monday. It is classic alien. Like these are the big brains and they've got, you know, uh, glass cases and big giant green eyes and they say, ak, 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 ak. that's how they communicate <laughs> with each other. And, and Pierce Brosnan's in that movie who's the love of my life since 95. And I, it scared the shit out of me. And it's so obviously fake. Mm. Something like the Aliens uh, series is so much more terrifying in that sense of that subtle sense for sure. But for me, I don't know. There was something about that. I, I was not not keen at mm. all. Um, and then also uh, Signs by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh. I liked that because um, it wasn't alien focused in a sense, as in like you only really see the alien twice tops. Yeah. I think it is. There's like one bit uh, you see and then there's literally, yeah, it's great. So it's all kind of done in the shadow. Same thing. It's the illusion of fear. It's mm. the fear brought up by not knowing what it looks like or where when they're coming or what they're going to do. I really, yeah, it's that, that unknown. 
So those are mine. I also wanted to share a couple of things before I go just around uh, some of the sources that I used. As I mentioned earlier, Unsolved Mysteries have a bit of information. There's also, I did mention last Aliens episode about the Secret Transmission podcast, Mm -hmm. which we'll tag. Um, But episode 108 is all about the Allagash abductions. So if I have left any info out, you can absolutely listen to the Secret Transmission podcast about the Allagash abductions in a little bit more detail potentially. Uh, and naturally, you know, shout out to the Fiddlehead Focus for all of your news and events in Maine. <laughs> Prep your pumpkins. Uh, and again, go and check out your, the Unsolved Mystery series on YouTube. It's sick. Nice. I have a little uh, surprise for you, Kate. Actually. Oh my God. What is it? Do you have like three extra minutes? I do. 100%. For me to tell you, I actually have my very own story that is related to uh ufos and aliens oh my god well this is the perfect episode to do it in of course and what's super creepy is that you're talking about maine yeah and um lake eagle was it uh yeah eagle lake eagle lake was so as you may know or remember, I used to live in the States and we had some friends, Sheila and Gordon Brown, who had family up in Maryland, which is very close to Maine. Yeah. When I was little, I went and stayed with them up there and I have this very vivid, clear memory of I was sleeping out in the living room and they had this big, beautiful property, but it backed onto this very thick, dense forest of like pine and, and such And I was a child and I have this very vivid memory of seeing a a flashing light up in the sky fall to the ground and move among the trees. And it was sort of, you know, it's that sort of classic scene of a light that's obviously close enough that the shadows of the trees are moving ever so slightly and you can sort of see it weave in between the trees. Yeah. And it was just a very bright white light and it moved quite smoothly and then it would zip a bit and stay still and then zip a bit and move again and I could see it definitely coming closer to the back of the house where we were and then all of a sudden it winked out and I just had nightmares and was scared out of my mind forever now look I was a kid but that honestly that memory has stuck with me my entire life I will never forget it it feels like I could you know, zip back there in, in, a, in oh a heartbeat. Gosh. I can picture it in my head. Yeah. But that's my only sort of personal connection. And, you know, I'm pretty sceptical about these sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, I do. I had no idea. Yeah. I oh, wow. I, I remember being very, um, uh, trying to talk myself out of it, but it, you know, it happened and I could never explain what it was. And oh I definitely gosh. tried to rationalize it as my imagination or a dream or something falling from the sky or something, but uh, it freaked me the fuck out. Oh, my God. That's wild. And it's the same part of the States, and it's a similar-ish story. So as you were telling the Allagash story, I was like, fuck me. This is (laughs) reminding me heavily of... And that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure you tried to rationalize it, but it left that sense of fear and you couldn't really figure out 100% what it might've been. Mm -hmm. And you are, you still have it in your memory today. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so, there you go. It's our little seeds of doubt. There could be life out there, folks. We just don't know. All right. I know you need to run, but 
Really quickly, uh, Kate and I have been talking with a bunch of podcasts recently and we are hoping to set up a little network of podcasts that talk about similar stuff to us all around the world. So in coming episodes, you might start to hear little sound bites and promotions and trailers of some of our friends that we have met. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you're, you suck and you you're should. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. Go back and listen to it because next week I'm going to finish off Miracle Flight 571. I am so excited. <sighs> Guys, the last episode was a, le- a legitimate bona fide hang- hangover. Not hangover. Uh, cliffhanger. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> both. It might be both. It's a hangover cliffhanger. Uh, so please go back and listen to uh, episode number 21 if you haven't already because you need it to set yourself up. It's a flipping great, great episode. It's my favorite one by far. By far. So do yourself a flavor. Kate, well done. You legitimately have got me very antsy and uh, uh, pumped up about this I brought topic. it back. I brought it back. I love that one. That is very, very good. Excellent. And again, if you believe, don't believe, uh, if you've got a topic for us, a movie, a comment, a like, we don't mind. Share it. Send it our way. We want to know. Please do. Au revoir. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.